welcome to How to Thrive, the podcast for women who want to regain their energy, feel empowered in their own body, and have the confidence they need to thrive in this modern world. With conversations around gut health, nutrition, and well-being for women, this is your go-to podcast to not just educate, but inspire you to become the best version of yourself. I am your host, Nikki Hirsthaus. I'm a mom, business owner, dietitian, and yoga teacher. I believe all women can build a solid foundation for good health from the inside out. And to do this, we must consider the whole person and reconnect the body and mind. This connection between the body and mind is absolutely essential. And it's why I'm very excited to jump into this week's episode. So this week, I'm diving into the what, the how, and the why of a mind-body approach to gut health. If you've tuned into the last episode, you'll know that when my own gut health was at its worst, I had become so disconnected from my body. I wasn't listening to what it needed. I was straining my body resources and pushing beyond what I could manage physically, mentally, and emotionally. So throughout this episode, I will bring in both personal and professional experience to help you understand why it's so important to manage your gut health with a mind-body approach. But before that, I just want to take a step back and recap on the gut itself so you can understand why it's so important, irrespective of whether you get gut symptoms or not. So our gut is absolutely fascinating and extremely complex. It is involved in so much more than just digesting our food. The gut includes our digestive tract that runs from the mouth all the way down to the anus, as well as the organs and tissues that support digestion, such as the liver and the pancreas. The gut is home to an entire world of microorganisms, collectively known as the gut microbiota. These all play a crucial role in maintaining the health of your gut, but also the health of you. The gut is pretty good at what it does. Not only does it digest your food, absorb the nutrients from it, but it also makes hormones that make you feel good, tells you when you're hungry, and interacts with your immune system and nervous system. But how well it works really depends on how you care for it, what you're feeding it, and how you're living your life. Whether you get the occasional bloating or experience debilitating symptoms, It is essential to understand the gut-brain connection, to see that your gut doesn't just respond to the food you eat, it responds to everything that happens within your life. So what is the gut-brain connection? So the gut has its own nervous system called the enteric nervous system, which is sometimes called the second brain. The enteric nervous system contains millions of neurons which are little messengers found in the walls of our gut. It is a network that can independently control aspects of the gut, such as how fast or slow food is processed. The enteric nervous system communicates with the brain through the vagus nerve, which runs from the brain down to the stomach or the abdomen region 
and controls many aspects of how the gut functions. This communication system via the vagus nerve is also known as the gut-brain connection. It is the two-way communication between our brain and our gut. Think of it like a highway, a steady stream going both ways. As the brain talks to the gut, and the gut talks to the brain all day, every day. The gut also produces and responds to neurotransmitters and hormones such as serotonin, dopamine, which make us feel good, and ghrelin, which is involved in regulating our appetite. So with all this going on, can you start to see how your gut, an organ that you might have just thought is one thing inside our stomach that processes the food we eat, is actually very complex and connected to everything that your body does. But there's actually more to it as well. In the last episode, I explained that how to thrive is a space to help you thrive physically, mentally, and emotionally in this modern world. A lot of people consider the body, the mind, and also social aspects of our lives as three separate areas when we talk about health. However, there is ample scientific research that shows It makes no sense to separate these areas. Any illness will affect the entire human body, which involves both physical and psychological aspects, so our physical body and our mental health. In addition, we as humans are always affected by what is happening around us and so our immediate surroundings. So if we consider the gut-brain connection, then wouldn't you agree that anything to do with the gut is best understood if we use an approach that considers both our brain and our body, so the physical and the psychological aspects, as well as our environment. When we combine these three aspects of the body, mind, and social aspects, this is called the biopsychosocial lens, and it's essential when we're considering any functional disorder. So rather than talk about functional disorders as a whole today, I'm just going to talk about irritable bowel syndrome because in particular, this is a functional gut disorder. So irritable bowel syndrome is also referred to as IBS and it can be known as a disorder of the gut-brain axis, meaning it is a disorder where the communication between the gut and the brain is not working properly. It's out of sync. It can lead to a sensitive gut, which is also known as visceral hypersensitivity. This means that the way the gut reacts can be exaggerated. This can be the case for how it reacts to food, drink, medication, hormonal changes, but also exercise, sleep, stress, and our environment. Functional disorders as a whole can have a debilitating impact on your life. The Danish Committee for Health Education and a research group in Denmark have done a lot of research into functional disorders. They have produced a great information booklet called When the Body Says Stop, which I have linked to in the show notes. When you have a functional disorder, you can have severe symptoms. They can affect your day-to-day life significantly. They can cause health anxiety. A lot of the time, though, the symptoms are not signs of any physical disease. Those of you out there with IBS will understand this well. You may have had a colonoscopy, 
being told everything's fine, your gut's healthy, there's nothing wrong with it. But to you, it doesn't feel fine. It definitely doesn't feel healthy. The key here is that these are disorders of the way the gut functions and how the gut and the brain communicate with each other, not necessarily the physical structure of the gut itself. IBS affects 1 in 10 people worldwide, so we aren't talking about a handful of people here. One of the key symptoms of IBS can be pain and abdominal pain. When researchers looked at the brain activity in those people with functional disorders, they found that there is a changed perception of pain in these people. This doesn't just explain the symptom from a brain level, but from a gut level, this is explained due to the concept of visceral hypersensitivity that I mentioned before. So when you have a functional disorder, IBS included, your body is in a sort of more alert state. This can also mean that there are more stress hormones present as both a symptom and potentially stress as a cause. For IBS, a very well-known cause is post-infectious IBS. So your risk of IBS is four times greater if you have had a gut infection in the past year. That could be from traveler's diarrhea or food poisoning. There is also a higher chance of IBS in females rather than males, as well as if you have anxiety or depression. In addition, trauma and long-term stress are also factors that can contribute to IBS and any functional disorder. So if we consider that there could be multiple factors that contribute to IBS and other functional gut disorders, then it's clear that the solution should also consider multiple factors. By solution, I am in no way saying cure. Many people with functional gut disorders will learn to live with it. They manage it well, but they will also learn to know what their limits are. So what does a mind-body approach to gut health really look like? In the last episode, I talked about how I had tried the low FODMAP diet at one point to manage my own symptoms. It wasn't revolutionary for me. This is because I wasn't addressing all of the factors. This was only addressing one factor. I was addressing physical symptoms that I thought were related to foods that I was eating with a solution that was purely physical. I was not addressing the biopsychosocial aspects of IBS. <clears throat> and for me, it was the underlying chronic stress that was a really big one. And this played a huge role in the regulation of the gut-brain communication. This is something I see a lot, though, because the women I work with have often already tried lots of dietary changes, such as low FODMAP, keto low FODMAP, um, dairy-free, gluten-free, no sugar, just to name a few. And yes, we can make some temporary food changes, feel a little bit more in control of things. But often this is not sustainable. Or these women have stayed on low FODMAP for so long that it's actually a detriment to their gut and they have been so scared to make any changes because of ongoing symptoms. So just focusing on food when you have IBS is not a long-term solution because it's only addressing one part of the problem. And because of the gut-brain connection, we need to take a mind-body approach to address the symptoms 
And this is the bit I love because we have to take a step back, take a breath and tune into what's going on inside. Bringing in a mind-body approach to addressing gut health for those with IBS includes understanding the nervous system. How is it reacting? What is triggering it? How is this affecting the way the gut and the brain are communicating? It also includes understanding how you manage stress. What do you have in your toolkit to manage stress? And when do you need to tap into different tools to help manage that stress so it doesn't exacerbate any changes in how the gut and the brain are communicating? Using physiological data in the form of heart rate variability allows us to see what's happening inside the body day to day. This is an exceptional tool and it allows the woman I work with to tune back into what their daily experiences feel like. They start to understand what their nervous system is doing. What is their body telling them? What is stress looking like for them? And they can start to identify what they need to bring in in different situations. Where do they need more recovery? How do they need to respond to different situations? And then we look at how we bring in sleep and exercise as other tools to connect the body and the mind. These don't just help with that gut-brain connection. They help with recovery from stress. They help improve fitness levels, which ultimately benefits both physical and mental health and then we can also look at how all of these things are mapped alongside gut symptoms that may still be present or when there are flare-ups so we can see what was happening at that point in time. We want to know how the nervous system reacts when you're having a flare-up of symptoms. The way you think about your symptoms and whether you let them dictate your day-to-day life also plays a really big role in the long-term management. There are a lot of women who understandably think that their symptoms are completely unpredictable and cannot be controlled. Fair enough. For a lot of them, it feels like that, and it's probably felt like that for quite some time. But it's actually known that these negative thoughts can have a worsening effect on your functional gut disorder and any functional disorder at that And it can also affect your ability to cope. What is really common in people with functional disorders, including IBS, is they have really high standards for themselves. The women I've worked with, and also the men with IBS, are absolute testament to this. It can be really difficult to manage and accept that you can no longer do something you were doing before, even if that's something you ate the way you were living your life. Maybe it's the the type of lifestyle you're leading, the amount of exercise or the type of exercise you're doing, um, the your level of workload and stress that you can manage. It can be really hard for him to change some of these things and change how they live their lives. And that is why it can be really tempting to tackle some of this on your own. but it can be hugely beneficial to find the right guidance and support because it is hard at times to be able to come to terms with what uh, shifts in your lifestyle might be needed to help you manage something like IBS and other functional gut disorders long term. And it's really important to understand the balance that is needed 
to live with that functional gut disorder. We want to be able to avoid too much stress, but you also want to be able to challenge yourself to know where your actual limits are. And it's all part of understanding what you need mentally, physically, and emotionally to be able to thrive. Because you can definitely thrive whilst living with a functional disorder. And you do need to remember that the solution to help you thrive has to include both the body and the mind. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. I hope that there were a few little snippets that you could take away with you. And if you enjoyed the episode, please let me know. I'd love to hear any aha moments, any comments. Send me a message on Instagram or leave a comment. You can also leave a review so more people can discover the podcast. I can't wait to bring you the next episode so stay tuned and I'll see you next week